Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talking about podcasts. We're talking about Merry Mini Monday, Chunkies. I'm Carter. I'm Doge. And I'm Jordan. So we've been Zoom calling now for over two months. And what Yikes. we have to do for the Mini Monday intro is we have to mute me. Uh, because we can just, if we're just a little off, it's not going to sound as good. I mean, if, even when we couldn't mute me, sometimes it didn't it sound as good. usually sounds so great. <laughs> usually it's just so crispy in the ears. You, you need to know. I cannot wait until that editing suite when you actually get to hear what just happened. I can't wait to hear it either. <laughs> um, it was pretty phenomenal. Uh, speaking of what just happened, let's get a little bit into the news, please. Shall we? It's the news time. Space Force. Yeah. This is the Steve yeah. Carell show. The show, uh, not the government organization. It is not the government organization. It is the show. Now, granted... Uh, we've talked about this before on our podcast that I don't know when it started, but before the general public can begin to critique certain things in cinema, whether that's TV or shows, critics get a, get a shot at it first. Yeah. And there has been rumor to, well, and proven that sometimes robots get in there, uh, like most like most things in the world, robots get in there. Yeah. Uh, sometimes critics... Box. Critics are just trying to bring it down because they're working for some competitor, whatever. All that to say. Like what happened uh, with Captain Marvel. Yes. Right. All yeah. that to say, Space Force is not looking good, no. unfortunately. And this was a cast that was pretty exciting. And I wonder, does it feel like it's a double dose of disappointment when you have a summer coming up on a summer and have had a season a couple months of... Uh, everything else being canceled. And so when something brand new is coming up, there's an extra excitement for that. Are y'all feeling that at all? It feels yeah. like when stuff gets to stream and we get new shows coming, like the new yeah. season of Queer Eye will be out in a week. Right. 10 yes. episodes in Philadelphia. Right. I already get really excited for that show, but now I absolutely can't wait to spend some right. time with the Fab Five. Totally. And and I think that it's it's partially, not not in all cases, but in some cases, it's because just the bar has been lowered for what I'm willing to watch. And so when things come out, I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a try. Why not? You know, <laughs> what else am I doing? Right. Right. Not, not for wait Queer for Eye, my obviously. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I don't mean for Queer Eye or for other things that are great, but I think that just the bar for excitement has been lowered as far as what's coming out. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't. I never thought Space Force was going to be good, even with the incredible cast that it has. Um, it, it reminds me so much of the interview that James Franco, Seth Rogen oh, yeah. movie, that just really it feels like it's only 
it's an entire movie that was born out of a joke because something dumb happened, you know, yeah. like something yeah. in the actual world happened that spawned this movie. But like this, I don't know, the space force joke has been gone for a while. I mean, I know that it, we're just not, nobody's goofing on it as much anymore. Right. And then yeah. honestly, there, there's legitimately a part of me that, and I, I know that obviously like we, we, we talk about things that are happening all the time, but there's a part of me that's like, do we really have to spend any more time on how dumb Space Force is? Like, <laughs> like when when it was announced that essentially it's like we're gonna we're gonna aim rockets out into space to protect the moon. It's like okay, well that's fine, I guess. But yeah. Do I need any more like spicy takes on how dumb Space Force See, is? You say that now, but whenever we stumble into a war with the Cabal on Mars, I think we're <laughs> going to be very happy that Space Force exists. And the wizards do come from the moon, as far as I know. <laughs> so. I will say, like, yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat, though. That that first Space Force trailer was phenomenally underwhelming to me. Same. And hear me say that I love Stephen Carell. I love pretty much everybody and involved I love, in the project. I love Benjamin Schwartz in Malkovich. particular. I mean, there's a lot exactly. of great people. Uh, but just didn't it didn't seem like the writing was really there. Isn't that interesting? When you can just kind of have a feeling about something. And granted, yeah. it's not like that feeling is is ten for ten. Like I have been wrong with those feelings before. Totally. Uh, but I think it, I hope I think it's it, amazing. Right. I think it brings up an interesting conversation that I don't know if we've discussed on the podcast that just is like a movie making, television show making conversation in general. Uh, but it feels like there's a window. Like it feels like there's timing for if you're doing something based off of history, um, uh, s certain things that work. I, it feels like there's as much good and bad for every scenario. You've got like the situation to where, uh, the untold story of, right? We've seen that a million right, times. Like right. we've got yeah. this thing that it's like, you know what? Let's get to know Harriet Tubman a little better. Had no idea. Had no idea. You know, like all these kind of yeah. things that happen. Then you have your, uh, the ones that everyone seems to know a, a general amount about, like a good amount about, seem to be the biggest risks. So when they're pulled off, it's done really well. So like Ray, uh, Lincoln, like sure, things yeah. that have people that actually existed. But then you do have these things like Tiger King. It's like, this just came out. Uh, this was a documentary about a crazy world. Let's make a movie version of it. And we need to do it now, right? Because it is, it is, it feels like it is more important now. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes the timing of those things feels inappropriate. Like maybe right. if like, Space Force happened like 20 years from now. If yeah. Tiger King came out today, it would already be too late. Like if, if the Tiger King movie came out today, they would have already missed the heat, I think. Well, like, it's like it's like what happened uh, in the early to mid 2000s. And then again in the mid 2010s, when all the books got published that were inspired by Harry Potter or inspired by Twilight. It's like right. by the time you right. notice a market trend. It's too late to jump on that trend and create new things to be a part of that because by the time your work gets published, the market will have moved on. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite like heavily historical type movies are the ones that something that existed and we just didn't know as much about. I think I can't help but think of Apollo 13. Yeah. Right. Because this right. isn't the one where they, they don't get to the moon. Spoiler alert. It's like it's not nearly <laughs> as <laughs> it's not as what would feel like. Uh, movie worthy as someone walking on the moon. And we've had plenty of those movies and other yeah. planets too, but to kind of pick something to where like, Hey, they're lucky to survive. And that also is a, right. a great story to tell. But um, another bit of news is uh, speaking of like other worlds, y'all play Borderlands. Uh, I've played one, two. 
So there's a movie. There's going to be a movie. Oh. And it's official. And they have cast their Lilith. I saw this. This is the weirdest cast. You don't. You think it is? I'm for it. Kate Blanchett. I think it's such a strange Kate choice. Kate Blanchett. Okay. No way. I think it's great. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. It's uh. <clears throat> It's been a while since I've played uh, either either of the Borderlands games that I have played. Um, but, I mean, at this point, you could pretty much tell me Kate Blanchett was going to play anybody. And I'd be like, yeah, pretty much perfect. She it. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I also thought she was a strange choice for Thor. So, you know, I'll, I'll go on record as saying my Blanchett sense is probably not the most finely attuned to what's great for her. Yeah, sure, I mean, sure, sure. I guess that's valid because she's amazing as hella, like, like very good. And, and I could Hekka? see Lilith Jordan, this of, is a clean podcast. Hecka. Sorry. Can you, just, <laughs> can you give me a clean take of that so we can drop it in? Yeah. <clears throat> and what's crazy is she's amazing as Hecka. Um, okay. And Thank I you. think that. <laughs> the I random that, guest star who came in just for like two seconds to have his opinion on Hella. It's Heka. uh it's we ch- Carter. Sorry. Stop. Um I think the the vibe is not similar but enough to where um yeah, I don't know. I think she could work. I guess is what I'm Yeah, I think she's quirky saying. enough. I've just I convinced think she's myself more- she's a good cast, so. Yeah, yeah. Um so That's the last- power of new media, like podcasts <laughs> and blogs. <laughs> uh last bit of news. We've touched on it a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but let's give our definitive uh how how do we feel about HBO Max uh, for the listeners out there? What are your opinions on HBO Max? Is it a competitor? Uh, is it worth, uh, if someone doesn't have even HBO, do they pick that up and drop something else? Let's have a little bit of a convo about it. I don't know that I would say pick it up and drop something else. I think if the events of Game of Thrones Season 8 had unfolded differently, I think it, I would say drop something else so that you can watch Game of Thrones. But HBO, to me, hasn't done enough other stuff to make it be a must-have. Now, all the Time Warner content is interesting, um, but it's just, to me, it overall just seems like another step in the fragmentation of the marketplace. And we're just, you know, we're not the first ones to say this, and we're not the most knowledgeable ones to say this, but we have said a million times the streaming model, the streaming platforms are all just moving back to cable and it's all these different packages and everybody's getting their own service and putting their own content on there. It's just an exclusivity war at this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that to me, we already had HBO now. And so our app just turned into magically turned yeah. into HBO Max. What was it? Us yesterday, too. two days ago. Yeah, I think so. Um, and have not explored it. I got the email telling me like, here's what's in HBO Max. Um, Callie loves to have friends on as a background show. Like, when she's doing um, dishes or or like any anything that she's doing, kind of around the the spicy take from me, Friends is best as a background show and not a foreground show. I don't think that's that spicy. I don't think that's spicy either. I not think, for this okay. podcast. I think most. I think incredibly are, mild, sweet taste from me. Yeah, I think there are diehard mm. Friends fans who like absorb and pay attention to every moment of it. But I think I would bet that most people that watch a lot of Friends would say it's not the best sitcom that's ever it's existed. music to Instagram, too. Right. Um, and so, I mean, HBO Max has friends again, which I guess is cool, but I'm starting to lose, like, I'm, I'm no longer at the point where something being taken away from me and then added back at another streaming service is enough for me to be excited anymore. Like, I'm a little over the, like, we bought the rights back from Netflix and now you can finally watch it again. It's like, I could already watch it. You took it from me. Right. Right. <laughs> like you're yeah. the one who took it. 
Um, so yeah, I I don't know, man, Uh, beyond that, the fact that it's not really an HBO product, (laughs) the fact that HBO max is Warner brothers, like time Warner, it's just their streaming service and they slapped HBO's name on it. Yeah. It's interesting. I saw the first, I mean, they are HBO's parent company, right? But it's not like an H an HBO, like get all your HBO all in one place. Like it's just HBO now with time Warner's streaming service tacked onto it. But yeah. they yeah. kept HBO's I wonder how, name. <clears throat> I wonder, like, catalog-wise, how functionally different is that from HBO? Uh, like, what what we've had in the past. Because I, I probably should have looked at this because I'm on a movie and TV podcast. But I wonder how many of the movies that used to be streamable on HBO are Time Warner movies that are now streamable on the Time Warner service. It, you it know? does not seem incredibly different to me. Most of their advertising yeah. is... Uh, most of their advertising in, like, selling points are... Shows that were already on HBO and uh, Looney Tunes. Did you catch that? They're really, they're really, uh, there's a lot of momentum behind. They have all of Looney Tunes. I mean, I'll throw Looney Tunes on tomorrow morning. It's Saturday morning. Yeah. I'll throw right. Looney Tunes on first so, thing Saturday morning. Like all of the Lord of the Rings movies are on there. Um, for some Extended people, or theatrical? For some people, probably theatrical. The Fresh Prince is I'm on out. there. Friends is on there. Um, it looks like. Shows like uh, Impractical Jokers and The Big Bang Theory, which have previously been like inaccessible to a lot of streaming services. Zinga, dude. I can't believe it. If you've listened to our show, you know our feelings on The Big Bang Theory, but that doesn't mean you're not allowed to like it. And so you can watch it there. You shouldn't. You should watch better things. But if you really want to, it's available to you on HBO Max. But the thing that's... So the, the selling point to me that is the most interesting about HBO Max is... Um, a, I already had HBO now and there's enough HBO programming I like that I'm going to keep it because the price is no different. But there's little things sprinkled through that I'm like, oh, interesting. Like my favorite uncle show in Practical Jokers is all streamable from there <laughs> for the first time. Uh, you have, have you all seen this The Not Too Late Show with Elmo? Yes, dude, it I is. Have. It is Elmo hosting a late, like Jimmy Fallon style late night talk show, 15 minutes each. It's, I, I want to watch it so bad. I'll watch so it for sure. There, I bet he's funnier than James Corden. Oh, there's, that's not a high bar, but there's, there's <laughs> little, there's little there that keeps me, that would make me say, if you didn't already have HBO now switch to this, but I'm going to have to dig a little deeper. I think. Yeah. If, if we were to have just a surface level scientific cinema scale for HBO max, like how, like, can we do some kind of ranking that feels familiar to the listener to say whether or not we feel like they should do that? Yeah, or do we just want to say yes or pass? Or like we have I think, different I think, ways of measuring this. I think yes or pass on HBO Max makes more sense right now. And and yeah, yeah, yeah it's a pass I, for me. Yeah, it's a pass for me too. Um, I would say give it. I'm going to give it a yes. I'm going to try it out and see if there's anything on there I can't live without. And if right. there if there is, then great. And if there's nothing on there that makes me want to stay, then I'm going to bounce. Yeah. What, do we, what do we call it? A, pa- a pass with a yasterisk? Is that what we called it? Ooh. Yeah, okay. I think we've called it that before. Like okay. it's, a, it's a pass until proven otherwise, I think. Yeah, I dig it. Um, I want us to do a little bit of rank you very much right now. And I'll tell you, uh, it's going to play with maybe your emotions the most, Jordan. Because um, it started with me hearing a rumor as I'm watching Princess Diaries. I was thinking back to, you know, I've heard that Anne Hathaway is kind of difficult to work with. Really? Like notoriously difficult to work with. But here you go. Here's the, here's the roller coaster ride. Uh, that took me on a journey. Of all these lists in ho- like Hollywood's most difficult actors to work with. And so almost all of these lists, and I looked at seven or eight, uh, it's from 
uh, anonymous co-stars, directors, and producers who choose not to be anonymous because they're just like, I mean, you'll you'll get to know what movie this is. Um, that have collectively said like they're pretty awful. Um, Anne Hathaway didn't show up on any of them, so there you go. I I bring that up as to why I went down this rabbit hole. Okay, but I think we can maybe all rest easy. She's at least not in the top twenty. Okay. I don't know. Good. Maybe there was just one specific movie that I had heard. Ooh, yeah, she's tough. So I don't even know where it came from. But I want us to talk through some of the most difficult actors to work with. Now we're gonna see that we're going to see that there are a few pools here. There's some that are like the Daniel Day Lewis's of the world, <laughs> so very good. I call them like Michael Jordan. Uh The Last Dance just finished a couple weeks ago. Right. And Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, has been considered one of the worst teammates of all time because of how much he demands out of you, and he's just kind of ruthless, right? So that kind of feels like a Daniel Day-Lewis thing. Daniel Day-Lewis is notorious for staying in his characters, okay? Yes. Like, whether he is on or off screen. In Lincoln, he would call Sally Fields, and they would talk as husband and wife at nights. Like, every night, they would Weird. call each other and that's, have these... That's too imp- much, Danny. Impromptu <laughs> conversations. Uh, in my left foot, he won an Oscar for playing a paraplegic who could only use his left foot. Uh, he would make crew members. He never left the wheelchair on set, so crew members would have to pick him up and put him over wires as he's moving around the studio, Jeez. because he would not get up and just simply walk. He has to be in character. So we have those, and then we have on the other side the Lindsay Lohan's of the world. <laughs> Who people are like, listen, you haven't built up enough of a resume to act like this. Uh, Lindsay Lohan uh, has been notorious for trying to put herself in a mood because she feels like it makes her a better actor. So she would intentionally do things and make up scenarios with co-actors and producers of why she should be mad at them. Uh, or why they made her sad or something like that. Mm. That way, that way she would be able to, you know, it helps her out to do these things. But that's cool. Um, let's go through some of these lists. I'm only going to share the names that I saw on almost every single list. Okay. Um, and one of the first names, unfortunately, is Shia LaBeouf. Now, after I watched. Praise God for beef. <laughs> after <laughs> after I watched his Hot Ones episode, which I think is really good. Yes, it is. Um, this seems more of like a hearsay stuff, but he has shown up on a handful of of things. He's he's just kind of ridiculous. Like for Fury, uh, the show with the the tank show. You know what I'm saying? One of the uh, World War. I can't remember what it was. I that's do think the most a movie. That's the most mom way to yeah. describe that. You know Fury, the the tank the show. Tank show? Well, they're just in a tank. That's what makes it different than a war movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. He chose not to bathe for Yikes. the entire time. Cool. Um, and for some reason, like, pulled out a tooth uh, wow. himself. Wow. Just to kind of get kind of gritty. Uh, he's famous for actually, like, fighting Tom Hardy uh, <laughs> on that set. Uh, just, to of, just of you know. Fury or Lawless? Uh, on Lawless, sorry, on Lawless, Wait, he Lawless. fought Tom Hardy. What's it called? Is that Lawless? Yeah, you're right. right. Lawless? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Lawless. Uh, fought Tom Hardy. Um, he's just kind of like a, a goof. Like, yeah. He's had some like offset and onset troubles. Unreal. Yeah. Pretty strange. Catherine Heigl shows up on almost all oh, of these I lists. I have heard that. I have heard that, have heard that too. She actually. said some really derogatory things on uh, Was it knocked like Grey's up? Anatomy and then Knocked Up yeah. as well. She called Knocked Up sexist. And so... Mm. Um, you know, the the filmmakers that just went through this whole process with her, Seth Rogen and stuff. And Judd so Apatow. Catherine Heigl, yeah, and Judd Apatow, they, she's basically been blackballed. Like she doesn't really do anything anymore. Um did we, so, did we did we do a Catherine Heigl movie one time for Summer of Love? I don't remember. 
I feel like we've talked about her before. Maybe not. I feel like, I feel like we have too, but Catherine Heigl for Grey's Anatomy, yeah. uh, her character was meant to last much longer, um, but quote unquote left the show uh, because Catherine Heigl in an interview said she doesn't ever get nominated for an Emmy because the writing's not good enough. Oof. Um, Oof. And so, and these are the things you say, you know, Yikes. we gotta be better at that. Uh, Charlie Sheen shows up on every list. I think yeah. there's an, we know enough about that. Um, Bruce Willis. So no. it makes me sad. Bruce Willie. Willis, uh, Kevin Smith worked with him on cop out, which is like, okay, whatever. Like maybe Bruce Willis was just in a bad mood cause he was in cop out. Um, <laughs> but Kevin Smith as director had claimed that it was quote unquote soul crushing. Like he was just incredibly grumpy. Um, Sylvester Stallone and Bruce Willis have some pretty bad beef against each other. Um, because Bruce Willis refused to do Expendables 3 unless he got a pay raise. Um, despite the fact that he was just like a very small role. And so Stallone was known for, uh, well, publicly saying that he was non-professional and all sorts of stuff like that. Steven Seagal is known for yeah. like fighting extras, like <laughs> like literally abusing that, that people. That should not shock anybody. That's yeah. This is the first name of the whole list besides Charlie Sheen that I'm like, well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yes. So here's one of the more interesting ones. And I didn't recognize the name at first. And honestly, it's because she was like completely blacklisted and never did movies again. But Sean Young, do y'all know who Sean Young is? I have no idea who that is. You, you, well, you don't know from the name, but in, she's in Blade Runner. She's uh, the brunette. So she's not the, she's one of the main characters in Blade Runner. And she shows up again in 2049 and it was a big deal because they had made her like CGI version of herself. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. yeah. Rachel. She's Rachel. Yeah. She's Rachel. And so she evidently had a lot of buzz as was like going to be the next big thing. She was uh, coming up and, and being casted uh, or being considered in the casting alongside names uh, like uh, Robin Wright, who we'll talk about later in yeah. our uh, Summer of Love series, Michelle Pfeiffer, like that kind of role, like being able to play that role. But there is this famous thing that happened when uh, she was, so for Batman Returns, okay, Michelle Pfeiffer got the role of Catwoman over Sean Young. And there is this famous thing that Sean Young, who now has nothing to do with this movie, the only thing she has anything to do with Batman Returns is that she tried out and didn't get a part. She interrupted Michael Keaton during the production. Like Tim Burton and Michael Keaton, she like went in on like a table read and went crazy and like interrupted everybody and was like claiming like she couldn't believe she didn't get the part. Isn't that wild? Wow. Yikes. That's a bad look. That's a real bad look. And then we have uh, a couple more. Let's stay on the Batman. Uh, uh, what do I say? Ride? Stay on the, let's stay on the Batman potato salad right now. Yes. Um, Val Kilmer. I had no idea. But now when I look at his face, I'm like, you are a jerk, aren't you? Like I'm looking <laughs> back at, at like every face he's ever made. Um he is almost so usually it is a rank you very much. He's in the top five all the time and sometimes number one. So he is just known for throwing like tantrums, like a lot of words that are used to describe him on movie sets is like childlike uh, because he would just like pout about things. And everybody <laughs> on set is like, what on earth? Um, I think his name's John Schumacher, the guy who made Batman Joel. forever, Joel Schumacher, who made Batman forever. Uh, Batman and Robin. So for the Batman Forever set, which is Val Kilmer, um, he was like, I'm 
I, I never want to work with this guy again. He was like the most difficult person in the world. And he was openly saying this, like he, he was so glad that the production had ended. Wow. Um, so Val Kilmer, and that doesn't hurt me as much as hearing that Dustin Hoffman is very high on most of these lists. And he is in the realm of um, just very noticeably being competitive against his co-stars. So he is very open about how he's working harder than they are. And so <laughs> Dude, it's, people it's just so funny, don't right? like to work with that. Like, yeah. I There's a couple of these that don't surprise me, and I kind of don't doubt that they are extra difficult to work with or just kind of extra difficult people in general. But for the most part, I just feel like, man, if I was if I was an actor and you caught me on a bad day and that's all anybody talked about, I could easily see myself being on this list of like, oh yeah, he came in and like wouldn't listen to any of the feedback and like yeah, all this right. stuff and just just I don't know, man. I, it's so weird, right? Like, it's it's strange to me that we have as people, have, and I, I'm guilty of it too, have this obsession with needing to like know somebody is good before we'll like their art, and it's right. like. It's like, how many good people have you met to the point where like you can't have space in your mind for somebody to be a good actor and kind of a jerk sometimes? Like, right. Exactly. I don't know. I, I'm just thinking about this and how obsessed we are with like, and it's kind of, you know, it's cool and it's good to know that they're a good person. Of course it is. Lin-Manuel Miranda comes to mind immediately when I think of incredible art, great person, right? Like he's so, he's so cool. And like, he supports so many there's great not, causes. There's not like maybe somebody on this zoom call that, that comes to mind. No, no <laughs> nobody I can think of, but yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm just checking, you know, there, there's, there's, there's all this stuff, but then like, I, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm just caught up in like how funny it is that we, and, and I just mean humans are just like good, good art. And like, I need to know, I don't know. Does that make think, sense? Yeah, I feel like some of that might be rooted in, at least for me, uh, just the dream scenarios you have of like all the stuff that you say, like, who would you rather of all the movie stars in the world alive or dead? Who do you want to spend a five day vacation with? Sure. Like the fact yeah. the fact that yeah. now that's kind of getting squashed. That's like, oh, he wouldn't be that fun to hang out with. That's that sucks. As right. if I'm but ever I, going to have the opportunity to do a movie with Dustin Hoffman. But I bet know? that Dustin Hoffman or Bruce Willis or Shia LaBeouf would be a freaking blast to go spend a five day vacation with because they're not yeah. working <laughs> and their yeah. their paycheck doesn't ride on whether or not you also do a good job. You know, yep. like I want you just, to tell me Daniel Day Lewis would be fun on a five day vacation. No, I don't think that. <laughs> I'm not saying this is universal. I don't want to hang out with Catherine he Heigl would, either. But I'm just he would act this. like he would act like he would like play the role of your grandfather or uncle. And exactly. then that's how he would he would be able to. Right. Such a he good would job. be like from now on on this vacation, you only address me as Daniel Day Lewis, and I will be playing the role of your father. I would do that. And I'm never going to not play so, the role of your father. I mean, then you I know? would never go to an ice cream parlor with him because I would never make it out with any more of my milkshake than I came in with. Which would be. Did, did you know that in There Will Be Blood, there was someone else playing the role of Eli before Dano? Really? Really? And he quit because Daniel Day Lewis was actually throwing bowling balls at him. What? They got yeah. to the end of the movie. That was one of the first, that was like a, yeah, they don't so film in a chronological they, order. They never started. I, I don't even think that was even the filming process, but this was a, like one of the first times a kind of a, a grown up screen test. It's like, we're going to do this stuff together. Jeez. Um, but yeah. And so that's fine. I love Paul, Paul Dana was like, no, 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 this is a great opportunity. I'm also kind of like this. Let's do it. But you he's actually bowling balls at me. He's actually throwing bowling balls like yeah. in that scene, yeah, which sure obviously you're not going to what a waste of time to CGI bowling balls. But um, one more thing on, on Dustin Hoffman on Tootsie, the director, Sidney Pollack, there was uh, 
everyone would talk about how they would just shout at each other. But Hoffman insists in interviews that he only ever shouted at those he could shout back to. Or he only ever shouted at those that could shout back, which means producers. So he's like, yes, I'm a jerk, but not to the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not he, to the people that only, I'm working with. Only punches up is the idea. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Russell Crowe is just straight up violent. Like some of the stuff about him, like someone wouldn't let him have a conversation with his wife, like mid, mid shooting. And so he threw his phone at them. Um, it's just said to be that he's just kind of like, he's been known to threaten people. Like it's, it's pretty bad. Um, I'm not surprised by Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, <laughs> she's usually number two or number one. She was considered in 1998 in movie line magazine. Um, and this was an anonymous thing sent out to actors on voting on who is the most stuck up And Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, 22 years ago, won that award. And she's still considered not knowing things. She's famous for not knowing the movies she's been in. Have y'all heard about that? No, she was on, I, we were watching chef. Uh, so that show. the chef show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Gwyneth Paltrow's on one of those. And her and Favreau are talking about something, and she didn't remember that she was in one of the Avengers movies. <laughs> well, like, to she's, be fair, she's, she's been in like 11 Right, and she's been yeah. in a ton. And she really um, doesn't have much to do in any of them. Supposedly, I think in Iron Man, which of the Iron Mans does Black Widow show up? Is it Iron Man 2? Two? Two. Yeah. That for some reason, and Scarlett Johansson still to this day doesn't know why, but Gwyneth Paltrow just chose not to talk to her. <laughs> she just never said a word to her their entire the entire time they were making that movie. I think that um, I think that is goop. Yes, <laughs> I think that's what it is. That's what goop is. Uh, yes. Here's what else is goop. My favorite story about Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> is that uh, she would like in the and you never think about this, but they have like if it's not in their trailer, like actors and crew and stuff. If you're on site, are all using like the same bathroom. There's like these community bathrooms and stuff for people to get all cleaned up and cleaned out. But the uh, showers, she would not go into a shower unless it was completely dry because she didn't want other people's water to get on her. How does that make you feel? Um, I've got a new slogan for her that I'm going to test out right here. There's a goop for that. Because I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's a goop that hey, gets there's the probably water. A goop. You, scared, you scared of the shower? There's a goop for that. There's a goop for that. <laughs> uh, you you'd be mean to not, Scarlett Johansson? There's a goop, there's for, a goop that. for that. There's, there's a goop for that. Um, last but not least, and I had heard about this before, but, um, he showed up as I looked at about seven or eight lists. He was on four or five as the number one, but Edward Norton yeah. is considered. He was who immediately um, came to mind when you talked about yeah, this. Ed Norton is known as having director syndrome or something is what they say in the business that he just, when he gets there, he takes over. Um, and granted again, though, it, it yields good results because, yeah. Our cut that that we can go watch of American History X right now, which again, that's probably a watch one time movie. Yeah, I don't is, know if I have two of that in me. <laughs> is Edward Norton's cut of the film. Right. He snuck into the editing suite one night and just took complete artistic liberty and made his own cut of the film. And that's what we ended up with. Yeah. Um, Obviously, when and, somebody's violent or um, like hateful, I have a problem with that. But when somebody is just a meticulous worker at their job and they get a bad rap for that, my thing is like, okay, well, show me how it would have been worse if he did do that. Like if he didn't, do right. that, you know, like, well, and he's still getting casted in a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, that's he's the good. Difference. Exactly. I've, I've listened like, to well, him talk about it in an interview where he's like, I think I get, he said, he said, sometimes he thinks he gets an unfair rap and sometimes he thinks he totally deserves it. But he says, I do have control issues. I do know that. So he seems pretty self-aware because he played totally. himself in Birdman. Basically. Yeah, Birdman is a, a basically a skewering of him yes. as a person. 
Yeah. And it's interesting too. And I'm glad you had brought it up earlier, Jordan, but it's like, for some reason we have some different standards for (laughs) these other people that are also people. Right. It's like, you can't have a bad day. Right. right? But then we do get to be like, wow, why didn't Robert De Niro or Al Pacino show up on any of these? Because they seem pretty angry. It's like, well, they're acting. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. You know, so it's like when people, uh, people always say with like Stephanie Beatrice, the actor that plays Rosa in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they always say that she always talks about how when fans meet her, they're so shocked that she doesn't act or sound like Rosa because she, she has a very high voice when she actually talks and is like pretty bubbly and out there. And she always says, like, it's a it's a character. Like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm It's acting. a television show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wait till they find out Brian Cranston doesn't actually make drugs. Right. Oh, man. There's really just shocked. so many people that are. Gwyneth Paltrow, I, uh, on the other hand. Imagine a dude approaching. There's a group for that. Imagine a dude approaching Brian Cranston and being like, hey, man. Hey, man. Love the show. Uh, listen. Um, <laughs> Could hey, you dude. meet me around back in like 10? I don't know if you do your own uh, distribution or anything, but I would love to. <laughs> like, just fully unaware. <laughs> We're going to cut that because yeah. that's a spoiler if somebody's yeah. not watched Breaking Bad. Okay, what's the statute of limitations on spoilers for Breaking Bad? Every Because if you haven't well, watched here's it by the now, deal. you don't want to. If we had released this episode a week ago, my wife would have been spoiled because she wanted to watch it and hadn't seen the ending until like a week ago. I mean, yeah, I'm down for cutting it out because I hate spoilers. I, I really do. So I'm I'll down. leave it in. I'll beep no, no, no. it. No, no, no. No, no. Yeah, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe beep that whole part of that sentence so that it's not and a spoiler. And then just be like, we can right here in the episode, we can be like, if you want to find out what happens on Breaking Bad. <laughs> but my thing is like at past a certain point, right? There is a point where people lose the right to be mad that something was spoiled by them, you know, like for and and as proof, if somebody said Bruce Willis was dead the whole time and they were like, I haven't watched it yet. It's like, okay, well, you could have at any point before now. What is the statute of limitations there? We talked about this whenever we watched Star Wars uh, last fall with Vader, but. Yeah, but my wife, the first time we watched episode five, we were together. So this was uh, this is probably four years ago, five years ago, maybe uh, she was completely unspoiled, blem- free of blemish, completely spotless in her understanding of Luke Skywalker's parentage. And that was such a pure and special moment that I think my spoiler stance has been forever altered. That's wild, though. You can't. She just. She just magooed her way to safety. There was no, there was no intentional dodging of Star Wars spoilers. That's she true. just somehow happened to magoo her way through. That's a true. Lifetime and she did say, I am she your did father's. say, I knew the line, Luke, I am your father, and I knew Darth Vader said it. I just didn't know what it meant. Okay, so then she knew the spoiler, and she just didn't put it together. Jess, if you're listening, there's a goop for that. She there's saw the puzzle. And she saw the front cover of the puzzle box that had the picture fully formed <laughs> and then sat down in front of the puzzle and was like, no idea. I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, just a fun little tidbit before we close. Actually, uh, so let's just take a little thing that I'm going to call a heartbreak. Yeah. Uh, and it'll last, I guess, as long as it lasts. I, it's just to talk about Felice Navidad. Um, if you follow us on anything, uh, you know about this, but we did write a Christmas movie that uh, seemed so... Uh, such a good idea that Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez are going to do it. And so we've reached out to, we've reached out to heartbreak productions to say, Hey, wow. Is it this crazy? Um, 
and we've, we've reached out to Heartbreak Productions in three different methods now, or two different methods, three separate times now. We have, and everything bounces back as undeliverable. So that's fine. We're just going to move forward. So this is what what's happening in season two of <laughs> Feliz Navidad. It's like we thought we were there. We're not. We just want some kind of acknowledgement. So if any of you guys know Mario Lopez or Melissa Joan Hart, or feel Melissa free. Joan Hart's mom, Paula, or Hart. even. Or even Melissa's mom. Or if, Mama Hart. if somebody knows like Mark Paul Gosseler and he might still have Mario Lopez's phone number from their Saved by the Bell days. If anybody like knows any like backwards that. chairs that had a particularly good experience with Mario. I don't know how there could be a bad one, but um, I don't think that's even possible. It's only good experiences. It's so tough to tell the difference between a backwards chair and a forwards chair. You know? I think you know, all Carter, chairs are forwards all, and backwards. Until- it's all a matter of perspective. And then that's the end of the episode. That's where we close it right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to end this episode. <laughs> no, I was going to say, though, I, I now will rank Mario Lopez and Melissa Joan Hart top of my list of celebrities that are impossible to work with. Because, because they're I quite literally, literally have, not possible. I've gotten no work done whatsoever with the two of them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and Melissa Joan I, Hart's mom. I don't want to let her off the hook here. Yeah, Paula, you're not getting off that Paula, easy. I love you, babe. Paula, babe, get back, babe. Come on. <laughs> Just after she had wiped the sweat off her brow, it comes back. <laughs> she she like, recognizes I'm free of that them. she can't. She can't hide. Uh, to in the in the episode, give me your name and uh, give me someone that uh, most people would be surprised is actually a pretty tough actor to work with. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I'm Carter, and uh, I've been talking about the Last Dance a lot, the Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because on one episode, they dedicated more time than I thought to of him speaking on, uh, how tough it was work to, how tough it was to work with Tweety Bird, uh, when they did Space Jam and you would think, you know, cute little, the cartoon version of like Shirley Temple, right? But yeah, kind of a jerk. I'm Doge and... I'm here to bring you the hardest hitting celeb gossip. And what a lot of people don't know is that Frank Welker, the voice actor, is impossible to work with. Frank Welker is known for voicing Scooby-Doo. He's known for voicing pretty much every animal in Disney movies. What people don't know is that's not a character voice. That's the way he talks. Frank Welker can't make human sounds. He can only make animal sounds. He's very (laughs) difficult to work with in the studio. Yeah, I have heard that. Um, I'm Jordan. Wonders, the one of them. And, uh, you know, not a lot of people know this, so you're kind of getting an inside scoop here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stuart Little is just an absolute nightmare, just an absolute nightmare to work with. He, um, <laughs> you know, just sort of his whole, oh, I got to park my RC car in its own special garage. And, oh, if my sweaters yeah. aren't pressed just right, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. And, oh, you better get that cat away from me or I'm going to punch it so freaking hard. Like, <laughs> it's just constant from this dude. And and uh, you're editing. You're editing. Yeah. The, oh, the, yeah. Like he used to say. Yeah, there are, I mean, add like two or three cusses in each you know what I? You know what I hate about him is how he always is just like, I've got to get my remote control, my little tiny car up to 88 miles per hour. And he like won't let it go that he voiced Dude, he Marty McFly in Back to the it. Future. He and won't it's like, I get that that's it. cool. I get that that's cool. But move on, Stuart. Move on, Stuart. Dude. And he's just like, get me a he puffy voiced vest. Marty McFly. <laughs> get me a puffy vest. That's all he ever says. Hey. And he's like, he's like, the hoverboards are cool. Why haven't you guys made those yet? Yeah, I get Stuart, Stuart move on. Mouse from the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hugh Laurie is the dad in that movie. I always forget that. Uh-huh.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.